Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what is good, everybody? Happy Black History Month. We're here, second day of Black History Month. We had to. You can put up the fist too, man. Yeah, you can put up the fist you already know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know no, no, no. We, all, we all come from somewhere. That's go look right. at the history. Got, go look at the history of Puerto Rico, bro. And when it's, uh, <laughs> when, it's, uh, when, it's uh, when it's Hispanic Heritage Month, you know I will be also uh, putting right. up the fist and waving the flag and doing the thing that we uh, people from the Caribbean Sea do. You know, right. you know how for, that for goes. For half of September and half of October, yep. Uh, half, and half of October, <laughs> yes. They give, they give them uh, parts of two months. Uh, anyway, Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here, A Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 233. We thank you for joining us. We got some things to talk about uh, since the last time we've been on here when we had our man, Abate Isles, record mm-hmm. with us. I just saw his show uh, this weekend for his album, which is really good. Check that out, End Motion, if you haven't heard it. And I saw Abate play at City Winery. It was a very dope show. We're really happy to see. A little disappointed uh, we did not get to see AZ come out. Uh, but I, I heard the reasons behind that and then understood. Um, uh, that's a topic. That's a topic for later. I uh, didn't get to see the AZ come out. But, you know, it was still a great show. Good times. Lots to talk about. Before we get into stuff, we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes, how some of y'all out there be hating on him, which is ridiculous, and then putting up a shrine for Joe Burrow, which I uh, can't stand and Brian couldn't stand either. It which was you ridiculous. did a video on. Uh, I did a video on. Your post and this I did, week. And I've been getting a lot of interesting comments on Instagram. <laughs> Woo! Let me tell you what. It's Black History Month, and the racism is coming out straight. They are just, like, not even trying to hide it. Um, White yeah, History Twitter. Month was trending on Twitter today. Did you see this? Oh, no, I did not see this. <laughs> what? I didn't go through the hashtag. Why? why, why? it was trending, and I was just like, all right, here we go. Oh, oh, here we go. White History Month, when it's like, white history is everyday history. Y'all don't yeah. need it. I didn't, to be fair, I didn't know if it was, like, white people saying, why isn't there a White History Month? Or was it just black people, like, making uh, fun of, like, you know, like, playing with the joke or whatever? Playing with the joke about how they always be like, well, what about us? Why don't we have this? Why isn't there a W-E-T? Not instead of a B-E-T. I've literally heard that before. Like, somebody's literally I have to. That. I had to white entertainment television. I'm like Fox, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> every every other channel. <laughs> I don't you know? I, I don't understand it. Every other channel. How about that? Infowars. Censor, censor, censor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we got that to talk about. Kicking off Black History Month. Two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. NBA yes. trade deadline is a week away today from us doing this. But first, we got to talk about Brian because Brian <laughs> has a new show. That is coming out this month. I'm excited for it. He's doing it with the homie Chantel Shan. It is called The Mandatory, but I'm not going to speak on it. I'm going to let Brian tell y'all about it because I think the show is really dope. The trailer's out now. Go check that out. Uh, yeah. Brian, what, what's, tell people what this show is going to be about, what they're going to get. I, I'm excited for you with this venture because 
We've been saying this for years, people. We've been saying this for years about Brian. This is him leaning all the way all into the way. violence. <laughs> this is leading him all the way into violence, and I love it. Yeah, don't yeah. tell the people what it's about. So what we're going to be doing weekly is a show called The Mandatory, and the name, real quick, just to explain that, uh, double meaning. One, in boxing, if you know, if you're the number one contender for a title, you're often like the mandatory challenger. And then the sanctioning body, the WBC, the IBF, whoever it is, determines that you're the mandatory challenger for this title, whatever the case may be. So it's like a play on words in that regard. And one of the only plays on words that still exists because Lord knows people have taken all of them, especially in NBA podcasting. Um, and also we want it to be mandatory for you to listen to the show if you're a boxing fan. So there you go. Uh, boxing, betting, uh, occasionally drift off into Lord knows what, but those will be the main focuses on the show. Occasional MMA, perhaps even wrestling around WrestleMania season. Who knows? Um, interviews, analysis, all those things once a week. Um, and two distributors is the important part, right? The audio, part of the fan side of podcast networks, shout out to them. They're going to be carrying the audio for us uh, wherever you get podcasts. And then video component is going to be on our YouTube channel. Follow The Mandatory with Brian and Chantel on YouTube. The Mandatory TKO, that's The Mandatory TKO on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And um, Fight Hype. If you know boxing, you know Fight Hype. One million subscribers and counting on, on, on YouTube, more than that. They're going to be producing uh, clips of the show as well, uh, particularly from interviews and other things. So shout out to Fight Hype. Shout out to Fansider. Shout out to Chantel. We're going to be starting this very soon within the next couple of weeks or so. We're working on uh, lining up some guests that we can have and hopefully growing to show the show throughout the year and beyond because Chantel and I have been planning this literally for months. So we're glad that it's finally around the corner. Yep. I knew about this, the planning of this for months. I talked to Brian a lot about this, the name. Uh, the logos about leading all the way in. Decisions <laughs> that Brian talked to me about through this process, and I was somebody who was strongly encouraging him to do this. Um, Brian brought this idea up to me. I don't know, it was sometime last summer. Like you, you still yeah. it had to be July, August, or something. July, and Brian brought the idea up to me, and we were having a conversation actually about something else. But I was really saying to Brian, you know, as people know, and I've talked about this with Brian, and Brian's been on me with the post and S and Y and stuff like this. Brian is one of the leading voices in uh, combat sports. I truly believe that. I'm not saying that because he's my friend and my co-host here. I'm <laughs> saying that because I truly believe that. And I believe we have to empower people when we know they're doing good. And one of the things I told him was leaning all the way into, um, you know, what he does with combat sports, particularly boxing. Um, and Chantel, who's also just a dope sister, uh, yeah. and somebody I've become really good friends with her in the last year and does great work. Her, too. I thought the combo was just absolutely brilliant for the both of them to do it. Um, they both also have the betting component to it, which I think is great. And that's why I'm excited for it. And I think y'all y'all should check it out. You know what I mean? It's going to, as somebody who's a fellow boxing fan, but nowhere near as loving the violence as Brian, you know, I'm going to be plugged in and, and, and watching the two of them. So, you know, support it. This, this is also important. And I would like to say this because it is Black History Month and for people of color and people of color creating content, it's important that we have a, a Black woman and a Latino man doing this together, talking in a sport where there are a lot of people that look like us in the sport. And so that stuff matters. So I'm happy for the mandatory for that reason. So let's go. Mandatory season, man. Another yes. show for Brian. We stay busy. This is what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we As we were busy. talking about off air, there's probably going to be more coming. So hopefully people yes, get yes. tired of this shit. I, yeah, more, I, I think there's, there's more coming on. There's more coming on both sides. Uh, Brian and myself, I think it's some yes. things this year. So it's going to be uh, 
a very good 2023. I can't talk. And it's off to a good start. But speaking of off to a good start, some of y'all out there. Man, Brian, before the AFC Championship game, now we don't super talk a lot of football on here, but for this we got to. Before the AFC Championship game, man, I couldn't stand the conversation that was going on. And I would like to be clear about this because this stuff was happening not only from people, from fans. This was happening in the media too, okay? People just not giving Patrick Mahomes the respect I thought he deserved. This was a guy who before last weekend had been to four straight AFC Championship games, had played in two Super Bowls, had won one, lost one. In my eyes, easily the best quarterback in football. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But all this talk was, oh, he lost three games in a row to Joe Burrow. Two of them were in the regular season. Who cares, right? And then it's like Joe Burrow's the next best thing. And I don't dislike Joe Burrow. I'd like to be clear about that. I actually like Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow's really good. He actually might be the second best quarterback in football. I'm just saying Mahomes is here. For those listening, I'm raising my hands way up. And uh, Joe Burrow's here. It's a little bit of a level below. But we don't have to anoint Joe Burrow. Some people say Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in football. Yes, people have said this on live TV. People have actually said this. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in football. And Brian, I don't know about you, but I feel like these people are doing too much. What are we, what, what are we doing here? What, what, what is going on? Like, why do we have it's, And I feel it's unfair to Joe Burrow, too. Like, I'm actually being fair on that. I think it's unfair to Joe Burrow to elevate him to this level of hype. And then I was at work. This is the last thing I'll say. Probably get the fuck <laughs> then I was at work on Sunday. And, <laughs> man, I've never seen so many Cincinnati Bengals fans in my life. Like, for seriously, I know one Cincinnati Bengals fan. Shout out, shout out to the, uh, one of my older uh, mentors and uh, former pastor, Mr. Jeffrey Gordonak. Shout out to him. He's a big Cincinnati Bengals fan. But outside of he's from Cincinnati. Outside of that, I don't know many Cincinnati Bengals fans. But, man, people were really rooting for the borough and against the Chiefs, and I didn't get it. And when I asked people that I was talking to at work, yeah, I'm tired of seeing my homes win. I'm tired. We want to see somebody new. I'm like, what? Patrick Mahomes is out here killing it. Y'all want nah, no. And then the best thing happened for me. I'm rooting for Mahomes. You know why? Because I was rooting for black history, people. That's what I was rooting for. I wanted the history that'll happen that we'll get to later. I was rooting for black history. Yep, that's right. I was rooting for black history. And what did we get? Patrick Mahomes on one leg, on one leg, did his thing. 326 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. One leg, Brian. That's how good this dude is, on yeah. one leg. And you got yeah. people out here saying Joe Burrow is better. Stop it. That's it. You, if you remember, I was getting pissed off about this, not in relation to Patrick Mahomes necessarily, but just the whole yeah. Joe Burrow thing last year. Because of what you, like, you know what it was. It wasn't just the rush to anoint him as next. It's also the persona building. Joe Cool, nothing bothers him. You know, he's the next Tom Brady, all the similarities that they supposedly have, whatever the case may be. That's not for me to say. I just think like, and then you do have people because that's not the only instance that I've heard this. Like, why are people so quick to say like, "Oh, Mahomes has already like done this, that, and the third. Like, you know, we need somebody who's next. And it's like Mahomes is entering his prime. 
around 27 years old, I think, at this point. Has multiple MVP awards, five consecutive AFC championship appearances, one Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl appearances now. Um, he may win a second Super Bowl. Like, And we're in the midst of people already being tired of that, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? I understand if you're a rival, if you're a rival, if you're the Chargers, if you're the Raiders, if you're a yes. fan of one of the rival teams. That's I've made that, I, I've made that. I was so fucking tired of Tom Brady, like, his third that. year in the league. Right. Yep. That that yeah, I get. Could, that I you could imagine. You could imagine how tired I've been ever since. Because more than <laughs> half my life, it, honestly, he just retired, and I don't even believe it. I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't know if he's retired, <laughs> but whatever. I can't even enjoy it. Um, I, I, and I don't even enjoy his retirement because he kind of sucks now compared to before. And I was like, I almost want him to keep playing so people could keep busting his ass. But like <laughs> with Joe Burrow, though, if I'm being serious, with Joe Burrow, though. I think he's great. I think he's a strong argument for second best quarterback in the league at this moment, based on what we've seen. He ain't Patrick Mahomes though. And I know the rush to like knock Patrick Mahomes off the mountain. Like there is one and there's a serious one and people just need to get over it because this dude is awesome. And it's not like, it's not like he's out here like cheating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't see what, what, what crime you would have against him considering what he has done throughout his career and what he just did hurt in an AFC championship. Yeah, I, I don't see it either. But what I did see on social media is interesting. It's just because the video I posted, this video, it's done pretty well. New York Post, their YouTube channel, and also it's a short. And also on my personal Instagram and a lot of commentary on my personal Instagram, but people just making up all kinds of excuses. And I said, look, for those of you, if you're a Broncos fan, if you're a Raiders fan, if you're a Raiders fan, excuse me, if you're a Chargers fan, I get it. You're going to hate your rival. Just like Brian said with the Jets and Brady, I get all that. But if you're the rest of the league, Look, I'm a Steelers fan. I mean, I'm enjoying the greatness. I understand you hating a rival if he stomps you. He's great. I grew up as a Knicks fan watching Jordan give me the blues every single time in the postseason. I get all that. But for the rest of us, no. Mahomes is dope. Mahomes might be the most talented quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Right? Seriously. Like, I'm not saying that he's the best right now. I'm not saying he's the GOAT or Brady. I'm just telling you in terms of talent, I've never seen anybody do anything like Patrick Mahomes. And – I'm going to argue, I'm not sure I've ever seen anybody do more with less than he's done this season. There are dudes whose names we don't even know. We have no idea who his names are. And he was on one leg and still got it out. And he outplayed Joe Burrow in that game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Some people out here talking, Brian, about, oh, the refs handed them the game. I've heard excuses. One person told me he's too, he gets too much exposure. We see him in too many commercials. What? What? Who's hating on somebody because... You see him in too many commercials. What does that have to do with his play on the field? Somebody only, put, only Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you know, you but know, the you know, no, no, no. But the difference right. was, you know, why? Because he's not good. That's <laughs> right. why. That's why. You, and you, and you, you notice like you don't see on. you don't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. You don't get those commercials if you're not good. You don't get the exposure. Now you want to. Somebody said to me, "Oh, well, you know, I see him too much TV. You can turn off your TV. You don't got to watch it. Right? Like, you don't have to do that." And I could understand that, but who cares? This man is amazing. If I said it in my piece. You're not appreciating. You don't have to give him his flowers when he's done. Right now, what he's done in his first five years playing is absolutely positively amazing. He's brilliant. What he's done in raising the level of play. Bomani Jones has been saying this for a while. It is Jordan-like, and I agree with that. 
I agree with that. His and performance I hear a lot of people. I hear a lot of people to jump in here. I hear a lot of people who watched Jordan and who were around for Jordan, like you, like Omani Jones, saying the same thing. I I get it. I get his. It's what he also does in raising the level of play, the mindset. Look at what he did on one leg. That's why I compared in that video that maybe this is the NFL version of the flu game. I know they come in a championship situation, but on one leg. That run he had at the end, the gutsy performance to still come on, man. Or the 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 sixty whatever point game he had. Remember when he came, remember when he broke his leg early? Jordan, we're talking about Jordan. Third, you're talking about third year of his what? career. Came back series against the Celtics. He had a sixty something point game the year after he broke his leg, or the year when he broke his leg. I thought of that uh, before the flu game thing, just because like age and stuff. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, the, the like we don't have to do this, and again. Joe Burrow's really good, but the way everybody's going on this, and then somebody in my comments got into the, the racial component of this, which I think is a factor. And of course, the person go, don't bring race into that, because that's what those people do that don't ever have to think about race affecting their lives. They always come out, oh, don't play the race card. No, it's America, you idiot. This always race here as a factor, and we ain't going to do this in Black History Month. This is not the time I'm here for that at all whatsoever. But it's very interesting to me, and we'll get into this more in the significance of the two black quarterbacks, and I'll hold that, but it's very interesting to me the way I think Patrick Mahomes viewed and was so quick to prop up the next great white quarterback that even when the black quarterback is the great quarterback and is clearly the best quarterback in this league, there has to be some way to sort of knock him down. I'm tired of seeing it. Because I don't remember here. I know people who hated Brady, but I don't remember anybody ever saying, hey, I'm tired of seeing Brady win. You, you remember ever hearing that, Brian? I don't remember hearing that. Like, that's not a a thing I remember ever hearing. Nah, it'd be it'd be Jeff fans saying that. <laughs> Jeff fans, yeah. Dolphins fans, Bills fans. I was saying that shit because again, I was t- once we got to the mid two thousands. He already had three Super Bowls, I believe, and we're talking about like Madden 05, the year that they introduced the hit stick. I was trying to kill this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I, I, like in the video I, I, game, I, I in the video that. game, not in real life, not in real life, in the video game. Just want to make sure we make sure we ain't got no problems with YouTube. I like they oh they because Ray Lewis was on the cover of Madden and I only got Madden because I had NFL 2K5 and it was glitching and then I got another NFL 2K5 and I barely played Madden 05 ever again. NFL 2K5 still the best football game ever. But when they introduced the hit stick and I've had New England on my schedule, I got Mo Lewis and I was like, "Yo, we're taking this dude out." (laughs) Your whole purpose was like blitz, 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 hit him. Gotta, and gotta, and gotta, I would still gotta. lose sometimes because he was accurate as hell. His accuracy was crazy in that game. But sometimes, you know, John Abraham, Sean Ellis, we get it done. I'm so, saying. <laughs> nah, man. But I, I just feel like we don't have we don't have to do this. We don't have to quickly try to move. It's like we're always we're doing this a lot in sports. You know, when I think it's more prominent now with social media. This is nothing new, just to be clear. We're more prominent with this in social media. And I just think we have to like find what's the next thing. Like, oh, who's who's the next LeBron? Who's, man, can we just let stuff be? And Yo, sometimes the next Jordan, the next Jordan killed how many careers in the nineties? Right, late nineties, early two thousands. Right, who's the next Jordan? Sometimes we can just let stuff be and let people are and just say, hey, this person's really great at what they do. And when you see greatness, you don't have to hate on it, right? You just don't. You could just be like, this is great. Patrick Mahomes, what he has done in five years of playing is absolutely amazing. Like, and if you think it's crazy, like, if you think it's crazy, like, in his playoff career, if we're just talking the playoffs, he ranks first in passer rating, first in completion percentage, first in total yards per game, 
first in pass TDs per game, and also first in TD to interception rate ratio. Yo, he's literally number one in everything. Mm-hmm. And y'all are out here talking about you're tired of you're tired of that. You're tired of seeing greatness. By yeah. the way, that was with like Miko Harmon got hurt, Tyree Kill's been traded. Yes. Like, it, this is, you know, it's not like he's just spamming throws to Travis Kelsey the entire game. That's not what's nah, happening. He's not. He's not what's happening, right? You got Juju Smith Schuster out there. You got Kadarius Tony out there, right? Like, I'm not saying these guys are bums, but there's no number one receiver out there on that team. And look at the numbers he's putting up. Still through for 41 touchdowns this year. What? Most other quarterbacks, you take away their number one receiver, a speed threat like Tyreek Hill, they're going to struggle. Patrick Mahomes is like, nah, I'm Jordan. We're going to keep this moving. <laughs> yeah. We're going to yeah. keep this moving. And that's what he did. So we got to respect that. And, and, and shout out to uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy also. because like, Who doesn't? You know, yeah, Eric Bieniemy who doesn't get enough love or yes, coaching yes, opportunities. We're, 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 we're in Eric Bieniemy season. Is anyone going <laughs> to no, hire this time? Any, does anybody even bring up his name anymore? It's almost like they're just like, oh, we, we're past that now. You they know what they do? Up. They look at the couple instances where he and Patrick Mahomes have their little arguments on the sideline. They're like, see? You know what I mean? They they get Mahomes. That's where Mahomes gets the credit, by the way. Mahomes doesn't get the credit when it's Mahomes versus mm. Burrow and they're tired of him. Mm. Then Mahomes gets the credit mm. when it's like, oh, he got he got Eric Bieniemy there. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> that's all Mahomes. Yeah. That ain't Eric yeah. Bieniemy at all. It's not, it's not an Eric Bieniemy at all. He, is, he gets no credit. Yeah, you're right about that. Hmm. Wonder how that works. Yet, yet you got coaches like Josh McDaniels that get second chances. You get Nathaniel Hackett, who couldn't manage the clock in uh, Denver and is now offensive coordinator for the Jets. Interesting how that stuff works. What's and, the difference there, folks? What's the difference? Who did Carolina just hire in place of uh, 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 Steve, uh, Steve Wilkes? Um, I forgot who they made their. I forgot who they made their hire. Um, uh, Mark Reich, Rick Reich, Frank Reich, Frank Reich, Frank Reich. Sorry. Reich. The Colts, Colts, Dude Colts. From, yeah. I'm like, how did he get another job? What the fuck? He got fired and replaced by Jeff Saturday. Steve Wilkes did a good job with absolutely nothing at quarterback. He did. He and did. Ca- that Carolina's got some talented players under defense, and he did but a good like, job down the stretch of the season. He doesn't have a job. The only the only black coach that's been hired so far is um, what's my man on uh Houston the Texas. defensive coordinator? Yeah, which I wanted to be like, don't take the job, man. <laughs> well, why are you taking that job? Like, uh, why am I blanking on his name? I'm blanking on his name, right? The defensive coordinator, <laughs> 49ers from, uh, defensive 49ers. coordinator. He used to play. He was Demico nice. Ryan's. Demico Ryan's. Ryan. He was nice. Yeah, he was nice. yeah, he was. And he's Yo. done a tremendous job there. And I'm glad to see him get a job. But you know, at being black in the NFL, you got to think about what kind of jobs you're taking in Houston. They haven't. Uh, they haven't shown to be a, a mm-hmm. really strong organization there. Eric Bieniemy also was a former running back. Not a lot of running backs tend to get head coaching jobs, unfortunately. And why is that? Because running backs are mostly black. Yep. And the black, <laughs> and you know, you know, you know what no, you ever notice most of the times? The black coaches, the black assistants, they coach the positions with the most black people, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have you don't have a whole Wide lot of offensive line black coaches, <laughs> wide receivers coaches, DBs, uh running backs coach, generally black, right? It's true because, well, and it's true because a lot of the black uh head coaches or a lot of the guys that do they're defensive coordinators. Yep. They're almost never off it. Todd Bowles, you yep. know what I mean? D'Amico Ryans, who we just talked about. A lot of the, I think Lovey Smith also falls into this category. They're all defensive coordinators. Deion Sanders was a defensive player, and he just got to a Power Five school. Like, yeah, the yeah. game is we, a game, yo. The game's a game. We, <laughs> Brian Flores, Brian Flores is Brian another Flores. one. Yep, we'll see the track. Brian Flores, who should have a job. <laughs> you put that Carolina job, probably could have. 
I, man, that's for this is for another day. Y'all, y'all ain't even trying to hide. It's black. Y'all ain't gonna mess up my vibes in Black History Month. Uh, he's speaking a linebackers of black, coach for the Steelers, I think. Steelers, he is. Uh, yeah, think, he's still yeah. with the Steelers and the Browns. But he shouldn't be just a linebackers coach. That's no, he shouldn't be. And you know why he's a linebackers coach for the Steelers? Mike because Tomlin. my coach Mike Tomlin decided yeah. to not just look out for the homie to let y'all know y'all should be having this guy in a better position than what he is right now. Because we have the Mike Tomlins, that's how we're able to get stuff done. But you know. Y'all just be wanting to hire your friends, even when they're extra mediocre. Yeah. Anyway, y'all not going to mess with the Black History Month vibes because we got two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, 57, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. I was excited about this, Brian. I, I two best some, teams in the NFL also. That's important. That's yeah, another Two black thing quarterbacks, too, right? and one, they're each on the best team in their conference. No doubt. Yep. Top number one seed and all year long. Chiefs, I felt like the best team in the AFC. Some people were trying to say the Bills. I wonder why. Chiefs felt like they were the best team in the AFC. And then you got on the other side the Eagles, who were dominating in that conference. Yeah. And I'm glad. I'm If you take even just the fact that we got black quarterbacks, like you mentioned, I'm glad for the fact that we got the two best teams that have been there all year. I think this is going to be a fantastic Super Bowl matchup. I'm hoping that Patrick Mahomes is a bit more healthy for this, um, even though I still think he can win this on one leg because he's Patrick Mahomes. I do want to see. Uh, him healthier. I do think it's a fantastic matchup. The Eagles are really good. Um, we'll see if Mahomes can work his magic again. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Um, I do think the Chiefs can win. Some, something tells me they will. We'll probably get into this more next week. Something tells me they will get it done. Um, but I do think that this is, and I think it was lost on some people. Some people, you know, was like, man, I didn't even know there were, this is the first time there were two black quarterbacks. This, Yes, we're in 2023, and it tells you a lot about how People have viewed the position, Brian, right? Like the evolution of the position. Like we are now at this time in the NFL where you could argue that three of the five best quarterbacks in the game are black, right? And the best quarterback in the game is black. As I said, it's Patrick Mahomes, right? And what I find interesting, what I was thinking about this the other day in terms of the black quarterback, I think about black quarterbacks of like a generation before, you know, even or even longer, like a Cordell Stewart who played in Pittsburgh, who they were trying to convert him to receiver, right? Because this used to happen for a lot of black a quarterbacks. Lot. A lot, yeah. right? They couldn't come in and play the game at the position. They would often be tried to be converted someplace else because these teams wanted to use their athleticism in that, and athleticism was connected to black in terms of playing a quarterback. And it was looked at as poor because there were all these stereotypes that the black quarterbacks were not smart enough to play the position. And this is not me just saying this. There are like people who literally said this stuff. Brad Smith, as former Jeff right. fans, we saw Brad Smith, who had a really Brad good college Smith. career in Missouri, mm-hmm. and they never played him at quarterback in the NFL. He was a gadget player, one of the early ones. I think yeah. Antoine Randall L was an example of this. Like, it's another example. Of, yeah. The Steelers used to use him in options that would, you know, he was a fine receiver, a slot receiver for the Steelers, but never got a shot, never would have gotten a shot, right? And then it seems like somewhere, somewhere along the way, and you look at the way the NFL is now, is look at the white quarterbacks in the NFL that are really good. Right, and they're the best quarterbacks. Josh Allen, talked about <laughs> all of a sudden now the white running has become part of the game when it was frowned upon for black quarterbacks. Right, it was like you don't want an athletic black quarterback. He's going to get hurt. This is going to happen. We can't have it this way. But now, you know, there's been some uh, open mindedness, shall we say? I don't know why it took so long. Because then you think about it, like, why did it take so long? You just say, hey quarterback that can use his legs is also a really valuable weapon even going back to steve young quarterback who's white not black who was really dope 
between 1992 and 1995, people were looking at him like, why wow, you run too much? People literally said that about Steve Young. And now it's almost like you can't have a quarterback if he's not, doesn't have the ability to be mobile. So it's a really interesting time and why I think it's significant for two black quarterbacks to be here, Brian, is not just the fact that we haven't seen it, seen it before, but also makes you think about where black quarterbacking is in the league because now a bunch of the best quarterbacks are black. I have a list. There's, there's no doubt about it. Even Jalen Hurts, who people had a lot of questions about, including myself. Me too, um, yeah. Has now upped himself into that category. Let me hear, let me hear your list. Because Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, as we established. And Jalen Hurts, no you, could, you could argue Jalen Hurts is probably the best of that next crop, probably after Joe Burrow, because if you want to still put Joe Burrow in that same category. But, like, Jalen Hurts is one of the best mm-hmm. young quarterbacks in the league as well. So this is from Ranker.com. They just rank the best quarterbacks based off of, like, votes or whatever the case may be. So this is not my order per se, but just to give you a sense of where black quarterbacks are. Because this is a lot different than – when Dexter was a child, and even when I was a child, and even honestly when I was a teenager, because the league didn't look like this, right? Patrick Mahomes is here. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, two and three, which actually I don't have a problem with it. Um, Justin Herbert's listed here for the no. Lamar Jackson is probably, <laughs> I would put Lamar Jackson at least third. I, I, would, have, be mad I, if he's, I would be mad if he's fourth. He's definitely top five. I can, no but I can put Lamar Jackson ahead of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, and why would you question that? He won MVP. He has an MVP. Like People are going to say he has a good, not got it done in the playoffs. You know who's not gotten it done in the playoffs? Josh Allen, either. Yeah. But you don't hear that talk. Yeah. He, he's led the league in interceptions the last two years. You don't hear that talk. I still put Lamar Jackson above him. Um, I'm fine Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, you could like you could have a debate there, right? Um, but more body of work on Lamar Jackson, although Joe Burrow's gotten to the Super Bowl. Regardless, like you have at the very least Patrick Mahomes in the top five, Lamar Jackson's in the top five. Jalen Hurts, I think, is right outside of it, but he's coming, right? Um, and then you're going on Kyler Murray is probably in the top ten somewhere. Not my favorite, but yeah, you know, I'm not a big Kyler Murray fan. Me neither. Um I would there's somebody I might take over Kyler Murray that might surprise you, but go ahead. Uh, dude from Cleveland. I don't know if you want to mention him by name, but you know he black. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. Nah, man. We 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 can do the racial. We can do the racial draft like Chappelle. We might uh delegate him someplace else. Yeah, I think you trade Russell Wilson. Also, he's here somewhere. Uh, Dak Prescott. It gives you an idea, right? Like it. It gives you an idea of where they are in the league, and like these are Dak all Prescott's guys. a top ten quarterback for sure. All these guys are top 10, 12. Russell Wilson, yes, even still after last year, like you have to, like last year was, it was what it was, but you have to still see. By the way, my guy, Geno Smith, played like a top 12 quarterback this year. That's who I was going to say (laughs) I would take over Kyler Murray. I would too. I would too. And and here's the thing this, I gave Brian his flowers. I kind of hope that they don't pay him like too crazy a salary because then you can't build a team around him. Then they're going to say it's his fault. You know, yeah, you know how that's going to, but I wanted to say, I didn't mean to cut you off, you know, to give you all the flowers. Geno Smith, Geno Smith is what a lot of black quarterbacks have been waiting for. And black quarterbacks. Not saying that he's the best quarterback, but he's now a quarterback that got to stick around long enough and now can get paid. He's Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon, Steve Young, that would never happen to black quarterbacks. Black quarterbacks. Black quarterbacks did not get the, and this is the part of significance of what we're talking about, in the level of of, of the many black quarterbacks being in the top 10 to 12, as Brian is saying. It now allows the middle class of black quarterbacks in terms of talent, yep. when I say that, 
to allow to get paid and also have long careers. You didn't have a lot of black journeyman quarterbacks, yep. right? Couple years backing up out the league. If you didn't get it done, they were getting your black ass up out of there. Okay, mm-hmm. black quarterbacks, I still think are scrutinized, even despite all this, as I brought up before, at a different level than white quarterbacks, right? Like we even lean into the Joe Cool, Joe Burrow stuff. People be like, "Oh man, look at his outfits, his swag." Hey. Just a couple years ago, y'all were hating on Cam Newton, talking about he spends too much time thinking about fashion, he's not focused on football, all this other stuff. But with Joe Burrow's core, come on, we see y'all. We see yeah. y'all. Yeah. yeah, we see so, y'all. And, and by the way, that's not to mention, like, Justin Fields seemed to figure some things out. Well, I, I, he's last coming year. up. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it's an important point that you made in terms of the middle class of quarterbacks because I'm thinking of all the black journeyman quarterbacks even now, and like Tyrod Taylor is an example, like other than Geno Smith that I would use. And unfortunately for him, every time it feels like he's about to get an opportunity, he gets hurt or something happens or a team doctor punctures his lung and something, yeah, it just doesn't work out. The, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is somebody who exists today who might not exist in another generation who I think could actually start on a few teams. You know what I mean? Um, but that's another story for another day. So, you know, back then there wasn't a lot like Quincy Carter hung around for a little bit, <laughs> but there there weren't a lot of people. And then you also have like – and the king of this category, salute to Josh Johnson. You, you, man, yo, clap it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, salute to Josh Johnson. For Josh I, Johnson I is need a black history month legend. We need to interview this dude because it's like, I what what it is about him? What, what, I don't know what it is about him that he's just out here just like always, you know, he's the, he's the best freelancer. He's the best freelancing <laughs> athlete uh, of all time. That's what Josh Johnson is. Yo, shout out to Josh Johnson. <laughs> Josh Johnson's still picking up game checks. He's still getting on rosters. People just like, hey, I need a fourth quarterback. Yeah, we call Josh Johnson. Listen, man, that, that's the real progress. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm glad we talked about this because the progress is so much more than just it matters that Mahomes and Hurts are here and playing against each other. And no matter what, black people, we're going to win because we're going to have a, a black Super Bowl quarterback champion uh, sure. in, a couple of, in a couple of Sundays. Mm-hmm. So that's going to happen. But it does matter in what we're seeing in the level of talent being raised. And also, I just think better for the game, we're starting to see coaches, like I said, well, white quarterbacks, too. You got to have some mobility. The guys you mentioned in the top, whether it's Allen or Burrow or Justin Herbert, who are all dope, right? You got to have some mobility now. And so it's like you even think about it, too, on the other side. Y'all were sleeping on white quarterbacks who probably had some mobility that weren't also getting opportunities because that was the black way to play quarterback. And it was bad. So white quarterbacks who had some athleticism, they weren't getting the same shots too. And that that's it's so ridiculous what we've done with race and bias and how people want to say it doesn't matter. It does matter in things like this. And you brought up the money point. Two of the biggest free agents this year, black quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith, both about to get paid. Obviously, Lamar Jackson probably a lot more, hopefully not just the franchise tag. Um, but, you know, both of them are going to make a healthy eight figures a year <laughs> and probably in the case of a Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, he, he wants, I think he wants to get halfway to nine uh, or something close to that. So shout out to them. And uh, look, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I actually been leaning chiefs. I don't know how I'm going to bet, but like, Me, I don't know yet. I've been leaning chiefs the entire way. I have a harder time not seeing Patrick Mahomes holding up the trophy. Uh, that I do seeing it. So that's just how I'm feeling right now, at least. You know why? Because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback (laughs) in the National Football League, folks. (laughs) That is it. 
blackity black. <laughs> All right, let's talk some NBA. Um, I want to talk to you because you and I had a, a phone conversation the other day, and we were talking about uh, some NBA trades. We were talking about the Heat. And the, oh, and the my, and one of my favorite like times of the year is an NBA. Favorite fan. times of the year, huh, Brian? Mm-hmm. Favorite times of the year. Do you? I asked Gerard this yesterday when he was on the exchange with me, and it's like, do you think this is going to be an active trade season, or you think it's going to be? Kind of like mid because it's it's interesting to me because with the playing tournament now you now got teams who think they might be like playoff teams but they're not so I I never know how the trade teams are gonna go which is interesting because it brings me this good chatter that we're gonna have in the next week or so um what do you think you think it's gonna be active or it's gonna be yeah, yeah. I hope it's active I'm not sure I feel like a lot of teams are playing chicken and they're mm-hmm. just waiting for something besides the Rui Hachimura deal, which is a good one by the Lakers, by the way. I should besides like besides yeah. that, I think they're waiting for, like, who's going to, like, one of these fours, right? Because I feel like a lot of teams, the Bucks, the Suns, the Nets, the Heat, the Knicks, the teams that we're expecting to be active, I feel like are looking for the same type of player. So there are mm-hmm. going to be a few teams disappointed maybe. They're looking for size, shooting, and defense in one player. I talked about this in a New York Post video yesterday, recapping the Nets and Celtics. Because the Nets are looking for this. So are the Heat, so are the Bucks, et cetera. Size, shooting, the Hawks too, probably. Size, shooting, and defense in one player. Um, or at least two of those three things. Size and shooting in particular, right? And I think that when a Boyan Bogdanovich or OG Ananubi or Kyle Kuzma or John Collins, one of them moves, maybe. But there's a world where none of them move. And then it's kind of like, I don't know what happens here. Fred Van Vliet, like, I'm not sure. Like, there are, uh, Toronto's one of those teams, like, people are, are kind of thinking, hey, maybe because they underachieved this year. Because I thought they were going to be a playoff team, and it's not looking that way. Um, they've taken a step back, in fact. And it's like Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, OG Anadubi. Mm-hmm. There's a world where they just keep all them dudes, right? I don't know if that's a smart move long term. Because I feel like they're a team like OG Ananobi, I could see that being in the offseason instead. So I, I'm not, I don't really know. I feel, I know like there are teams that are going to do something. I don't know of what. Like I think at the very least, the Knicks have one or two things they could do with potentially Fournier's contract, with Derrick Rose's contract. Is Obi mm-hmm. Toppin, are they going to move off him now that Julius Randle's like playing well and they could probably get something for him? I feel like at a minimum, Cam Reddish is out of there. Just like how I feel like okay. in the case of – Cam, yeah, Cam Reddish is out of there. <laughs> I feel like in the case of Miami, at the very least, Dwayne Dedman's out of there. Duncan Robinson, you'd want to move him, but, like, that might be a little but more challenging. Little difficult. Yeah. If you attach a first-round pick, then you could do it a little easier. They've been hesitant yeah. to do that. But what, well, what do you get back? Right. Right. And then no. with Milwaukee, it's like they don't have a lot of first-round picks to play with. And is – like if you're combining salary, it's going to be Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, and you're going to have to throw in Marjan Bochamp. And is that going to be enough with a 2029 first to get something like a serious upgrade? Is that the Jay Crowder package? Like, so I, I think things are going to happen, but I, this is kind of unpredictable. But I feel like a lot of teams, because they're trying to win now, because right. not just the play in, but it's wide open. I have no idea who's going to win the title this year. I think the favorite is Celtics versus Nuggets, but. Anything can happen, especially in regards to injuries and the way the league is going. Guys just get hurt. Guys, teams just get lucky and unlucky. It is what it is. So I think a lot of teams, because they're in the mix, they're going to have to do something, and they will. 
I don't know what the magnitude of these deals is going to be. I have my dream scenarios, but yeah, we'll get to we'll get to the dream scenarios in one second because I I tend to agree with what you're saying, and I don't. I'm not sure how active certain teams are going to be. Like it's, I was kind of thinking this through with the Knicks yesterday, and I'm actually in this. It's like, what do you want to do if you're the Knicks are interested? The Heat are interesting team. Our teams play tonight, so that's very interesting. Um, tonight, the Knicks and Heat play. Uh, I should put a little bet on here with Brian. We should do something. something that's that's why. That's why we're doing this early, by the way. Yeah, so because <laughs> then I also have to be. On I'll be doing a there. recap with the New York Post, by the way, after the game. So and I will be doing. I will be on the Nick of Time. Uh, show after the game for Ooh. that as well too. So I'll be do I'll be doing that. Um, so we'll, 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 I'll be following each other yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, shout, shout out to Nick Top Show, my man Lee Escobedo on there. Um, mm. I'll be up. I'll be on that and chilling with those guys the post game show. But both teams are interesting in this because I'm I've been thinking more with the Knicks, and this might be unpopular with Knicks fans, right? <sighs> do we need to do something? Is there something that really moves the margins for the Knicks? Right. I've heard OG and Anobi, but if they want three first, nah, chill, son. We 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 ain't got we ain't got to do that. Um, I'm not sure there's a move out there. I think there are more things in terms of what Brian is saying. Right? Maybe you're able to move move off of Fournier's contract, although I think that's more likely to happen to the off season. Maybe Reddish, you sell you're selling on him. Uh, it's kind of known he wants out. The timing of his comments with his agent coming coming out the other day, I think, is very interesting. Um, or whatever, and he's been out the rotation. Um, I think maybe moving off of him. I think Obi's one because I don't think you're going to keep him and quickly. One of those guys are going to go. But it's interesting for these teams. Like, what are you going to get, and how much does it move the margins for you, right? Like the Knicks. You tell me if you, what you think about this, Brian. The Knicks are not. You know, it's like I don't know what trade they can make that's going to put them, you know, into the top four in the East. If they got OG and Obi, who's a player I really like, actually. Does that really move the needle for the Knicks and anything? I'm actually going to say no. I just don't think they're at that place yet. Now, I think OG to like Memphis would be dope. I think that's a great trade for him, um, a place for him to land. I, I don't really know. I'm going to give you one with the Heat that I I didn't think about until I saw this somewhere the other day, and I didn't even ask you this because I want to save it for the show. Mm. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this. I think it's known the Heat want to probably upgrade a point guard if they could, right? Do it's going to be think? tough to do during the season, but at, I yeah. don't see right. It's hard. What about D'Angelo Russell to Miami? No, absolutely fucking not. I've said this already. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> I've been on multiple five on the floors, and I've I've literally asked the question word for word. Why do Heat fans have a hard on for D'Angelo Russell? And I like D'Angelo Russell. Covered him for a couple years with the Nets. He's just not a fit over there. The way Eric Spoelstra wants to play basketball, no, it's just not going to work. And I don't get this. I don't get why would you trade Kyle Lowry for D'Angelo Russell? Because like Kyle Lowry's contract doesn't expire as soon. D'Angelo Russell is an expiring contract, and it's like, okay, what's the point of that? Free agency? Who are you getting in free agency? Nobody makes it to free agency anymore. The second largest deal last year to change teams in free agency, the second largest free agent signing was PJ fucking Tucker. Okay, mm. it was PJ Tucker to the Sixers. The, the first one we obviously know was Jalen Brunson. And that's worked right. out because I think Jalen Brunson is an all-star. P.J. Tucker is getting booed by Sixers fans. We'll see tonight. <laughs> you know, so I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, D'Angelo Russell doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think the do Heat, you have do you have a dream trade for the Heat? Do you have a dream trade for the Heat that you want to see go down? 
Yeah, or, like Ozzy Ananubi is the best player that would fit next to Jimmy and Bam of the guys. Oh, I think he's a, I think he's a great fit. I think he's a great fit in Miami. The problem is like he gets hurt a lot, and uh, three first. Like I'm like yeah, look, at some point, at some point, we have to come back down to earth on this because like the Rudy Gobert trade, and even trades before that with Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, like, but the Rudy Gobert trade in particular. Like that mm-hmm. is that like we need, and it's not going to happen between now and next week's trade deadline. We need to get to the point where it shouldn't take three draft picks, four draft picks for a role player, and then six for like a star or five for like a star. Like that is just it's yeah, it's but out the, of the, hand. There has agree, to be a regression to the mean at some point. I I agree that it is out of hand, and I do think there will be a regression to the mean. I think everything you're saying is right. The point I've always made, you remember like last summer when the Rudy Gobert trade happened, B, everybody was like, oh, well, if Rudy Gobert costs this, then Donovan Mitchell has to cost this. And my thing is, just because somebody was dumb enough, yes, you were in Minnesota. New owner syndrome, pay, Minnesota. That's right. To pay, to pay this amount for Rudy Gobert, who was definitely not worth probably the haul that he was, was given for him. Nor no, he's proving that every day and proving no. me right, by the way. And nor did I think that was a good, <laughs> nor did I think that was a good fit. Right? It doesn't mean that I think Rudy Gobert is a bad player because I don't. I just don't think that was a good fit that made sense for that haul. However, after that, you looked at what Cleveland gave up for Donovan Mitchell, which was three firsts and three players. One who's probably going to actually make an all-star team now in Laurie Markkinen. And it was a fair and good trade, in my opinion, because they had enough assets. And so every trade situation is different, which is my point. But just this isn't this isn't the fat Joe here. Yesterday's price <laughs> is not today's price, right? But just because yesterday's sucker doesn't have to mean they're today's sucker. Somebody paid a sucker price for it doesn't mean they're going to have to do that again. And I think that's what we're talking about with the evening out. Even DeJounte Murray, I thought, was a lot in three first-rounders for him yeah. Um, yeah. that they gave up. And word on the street is Travis Schlenk thought that was a lot <laughs> and didn't want to give up that much in the deal for that. And I think he wasn't wrong. And I like DeJounte Murray. Two first-rounders, yes. Three, no. Kind of the same way I feel about OG Ananobi. Two first rounders, sure. Three, yo, you tripping, son? They doing you, but Masai is no. I'm protecting one of those first rounders, by the way. Like I, I don't want to just like one of them's got to be like lottery protected, top ten protected, something. Like two unprotected first for OG Ananobi, who hasn't played. I think I think he hasn't played fifty games in like three or four years or something like that. Right. 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 Like, and on, I man. like him. I like him a lot as a player. I think he's a player that really can help a team, a great 3 and D player. Uh any other before we get out of here, because we gotta we gotta wrap up. Um yeah, yeah. any any other trades that you want to see go down that we think because I can't really call it, man. Like I think Bones Highland's gonna get moved because he's beefing with the coaching staff out there. I think that will happen. I do think that'll he'll get done. I don't know about Boyan by be perfect for the Houston Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> Another jacker on the Rockets? That's what they need? <laughs> okay. okay. I, like, I, look, man, these, these Lou Williams spawns, I'm cool. It is what it is. They're exciting when it goes right, but when it's not. In the right situation, like, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not for me. It's not um, for the guys. The guys I think Emmanuel quickly, I'm proud of him because I thought he was falling into that, and I feel like he's actually gotten a little better as a playmaker and, and more, willing as a, more willing as a defender. He's so I, I think he's shedding that. To the point where now I'm kind of like, because before I was like, he's not a type of guy you extend, and he wasn't. Now I'm, I'm like, hmm. I don't want the Knicks to trade him, actually. I think the Knicks hmm. need to keep him. Now, I always liked his intangibles, though he's a winning player, but I did also give him the Lou Williams comp. And now, like you said, 
The defense is on ball defense is really good. I've been very impressed, despite being an undersized guard. Uh, the shooting's actually gone down a little bit, but it's the playmaking that's gone up too, where I'm just like, no, no, no. I like this guy as a six man for us. He's a good two way six man. Might be undersized, but I like him. And I can see uh I could see him closing a playoff game. Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and ideally Mitchell Robinson, who's hurt again, but was playing well this year defensively. Um, really yeah, dream trades, go. Uh, okay, so I want John Collins on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yo, you brought this up in the group chat the other day. <laughs> I like this. I think it's good. I think it makes – but what would you give up if you're the Thunder? That's the problem. They don't have a lot of those mid-tier contracts you could trade. Lou Dort is the main Lou one. Lou Dort's the main one. You're yep. not trading Lou Dort, right? Um, even though I don't, like – I don't love Lou Dort, but, like, you're building a team. He's on an affordable contract. It makes sense. It's just conceptually, though, with John Collins there, you could play him with Shea Gildas Alexander. He's on a long-term deal. And it's like at Oklahoma City, yo, at some point you got to have players, right? So you could, you could like, there are salaries you could throw in with, like, a Darius Baisley, Mike Muscala. You're just going to need, like, legit four or five of them dudes <laughs> in order to make it work. And I don't know right. what's Atlanta going to do. They're probably going to waive a couple of them or whatever. But, like, they can get uh, maybe a couple firsts out of it, two firsts, and all that matching salary. I feel like Atlanta, like maybe two first at this point. I don't know how much value John Collins still has. Maybe it's one. I don't first. know because everybody I, knows they've been trying to trade him. Right, but it's like Oklahoma City for me is a spot. It's like I think that'd be great for him as well. Um, he'd be, I feel like a little, little happier <laughs> with Shaquille Alexander, perhaps. I mean, look, he, uh, he played. He, I, see, I see what you're doing there. He, yeah. he played. He plays heliocentric ball as well. But I, I think if he has, more, I, I think that'll be the case less. So I mean, Josh Giddy handles the ball a good amount too. It's not well, who I who I'm who I love. I love. You. Yeah. So oh. I'm seeing a, a a future where it's like, can it be Josh Giddy, say Gildas Alexander, Lou Dort, Chet Holmgren, Josh John Collins, and it's like shit. That's a team that could be a top six seed in the Western Conference next season, maybe. If she, yeah. I don't know about Shet Holmgren's help. I'm very worried about that. But, you know, uh, we'll see. John Collins, that's one. Um, and then I was trying to figure out with the fours that we were talking about, where they could go. Yeah. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, I'd like him in Milwaukee. I don't know if Detroit – Detroit's saying that they might keep him now, and he's signed for another couple of years, so it makes another sense, couple right? Another couple years, two-year extension, yep. But, like, Milwaukee needs some sort of shot creation that isn't Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday when Chris Middleton is healthy, right? And it's just Pat Connaughton, Javon Carter, Grayson Allen. You're seeing a lot of them this year. And, unfortunately, I think Marjan Bochamp has to functionally be a first-round pick here. So, like, is there a deal where they can do, like, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Bochamp, maybe a first-round pick? Is that enough for Boyan Bogdanovich? They also have a bunch of second-rounders. Can they throw one or two of them in there? Like, I'm not sure. I think um, Miami's a team that's interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. I don't think Boyan by himself makes a lot of sense there because he could score, yes. He right. ain't rebounding or playing defense. And you need no, somebody definitely at the four. No defense. Right. You need somebody at the four who could do multiple of those things, right? Or, or a backup five. If you could get a big, that could also place a backup five. For Miami, I, I don't think Boyan is who I'd go for first unless it's Boyan and Nerlens Noel then that would make more sense. Or if you instead go like, because the trade package for me for Miami is Duncan Robinson's contract, 
uh, Dwayne Dedman's contract, if that's not in a separate deal, you could put it here. But then you're going to have to attach like two firsts probably to get somebody uh, unless it's like the Clippers and Marcus Morris, for example. Yeah, and, and then you're it's talking like, about something else. And then if you're going to send Kyle Lowry somewhere, by the way, it's the Clippers. Clippers because that would make sense. Kawhi familiarity and they want a point guard. And it's like you can do Lowry for Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard and be like, okay, that actually makes sense for both teams because the that four spot is super cluttered over there with the Clippers. They probably don't want Luke Kennard's long-ass contract. And Miami could flip Duncan Robinson and Dwayne Dedman. Uh, I, I wonder if I wonder if Clippers would want to give up Kennard. Kennard's been good for them, man. I don't I don't know. It's interesting. But do, it's how about either. but they do have to declutter some things. That's see, that's the point to that point, and before we wrap, I'll say with the Knicks too. The for the Knicks to me, the trades that they make is kind of what you were saying before. If they do something for me, it's about decluttering. It's not necessarily about adding somebody that can get you next level. Now if you could get a Cam Reddish and Isaiah Hartenstein to Utah and you could bring back a Malik Beasley and like a Jared Vanderbilt along with some, you know, a pick or two that yeah. you give them, that's something I might to do where it like keeps guys in the culture of your future and you declutter a little bit. Um, although I'm very fine with Jer- Jericho Sims being the backup center because I'm a fan of him, yeah. which is why I think they, the Knicks, that's what I think the Knicks need to do. They need to declutter, stick with the young, stick with the young guys that they're going to definitely going to play and what the core is. Because I just they you know the problem with the Knicks is they're still one of the teams they ain't got that dude they just don't have that dude that's gonna take them over the top they're not a bad team they're a fine, they're a good team they can I think they'll be them and Miami will battle for the sixth seventh spot for the rest of the year and we'll see they have four games to play these games are going to be big um, and you know hopefully the Knicks uh, take care of business in New York against Heat this is nice I get a Knicks Heat game in February that I care about again where I can not <laughs> like the Heat again. You know what? I'll be tweeting at our man Greg Sylvander tonight. In the <laughs> that's that's this is I, I like this. This is good. I like the Knicks have some meaningful games. I'm actually pumped for tonight's Knicks Heat game. I'm Greg's pumped. on a work trip, uh, so we'll see if he answers this week. Um, I have one more trade. Uh, Go ahead, and then we then we sign off. I would like to see. I mentioned Fred VanVleet to the Clippers already. No, we didn't. We didn't say that, but yeah, I just think. It, Lowry or Fred Van Vliet, I could see going to the Clippers. Uh, if, I could see that. I could see them liking Lowry because they wouldn't have to give up a first-round pick. You wouldn't. Van Vliet, you'd you might even to. get a first-round pick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Van Vliet, you're, you're trading at least one first. Maybe at least. At, at least one. I would like to see – this is one I thought of, um, and I mentioned this on SportsGrid earlier this week because we yeah. ran through some of these straight scenarios. In terms of teams I have circled that need to do something, Dallas is up there. And this is not uh, one This is not one I thought about like right away. But when I sat and thought about it, I was like, look, man, I know this dude is undersized, but goddamn, he could fucking help next to Luka Doncic. And I'm looking at that Charlotte Hornets roster, and I'm like, bro, if you want to throw Tim Hardaway and Reggie Bullock or Dwight Powell somewhere and like – Actually, like maybe attached, you're gonna have to attach one or two first. But there's a deal where you could do Hardaway, Bullock, and it probably have to be two first, one of them protected for like Terry Rozier, who's on a manageable contract for a few years, and an expiring Kelly Oubre. I think that that's something I would look into because Rozier can play the Jalen Brunson role differently than Jalen Brunson, right? But in terms right. of being a guy who could come off the bench and score, light it up. He's gonna shoot more threes than Jalen Brunson. 
uh, probably not have the ball quite as much because Luka Doncic is going to be there. But right. Rozier, Dinwiddie, and Doncic, that to me is pretty nice. Now, defensively, it's not. But, no, it's not. you know, that's why I wouldn't want to trade Dwight Powell. But, like... Or Dorian Finney-Smith. Or Dorian so, Finney-Smith. No, no, no. Not doing that. But those three guys with Dorian Finney-Smith and Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, when he comes back, and obviously Christian Wood, if he's still there, I, I assume he will be. That's interesting to me. Josh Green's still developing, you know. But I think my problem with the Mavericks, real quick before we go, and that, even on that trade, is they need a co-star for Luka, and they don't have that. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm they're getting sure, one, though. I don't know how they get one, and I'm not sure they get one at this trade deadline. Um, I, I'm, I'm really not sure. They're, they're a team I think you might have to wait till draft night or the offseason. I think they might be better stand, standing, standing pat at the trade deadline because they just don't have that many options right now. They just don't. Terry Rozier, Terry Rozier's three-point shooting is down this year a little bit, but that, I mean, Charlotte sucks, so like you know. But I see what you're trying but, to do. You're trying to get another secondary ball handler there, that, and because that like I, I can see him just moving to the corner, catching and shooting. He shoots eight threes a game. That might go up in Dallas. <laughs> like but, you know, and Terry, like I know people how they feel about small guards. Hi, Gerard. Love you, bro. But I know you you probably won't like this much for Luka Doncic. But like, won't. yo, uh, uh, in the three seasons before this year, Terry Rozier on eight three pointers a game was about thirty nine percent, and even this year, he's you know averaging twenty two points a game. <laughs> like, Damn. I'm looking at somebody like that, somebody else who can like really help Dallas in that way. Cause it's tough. It's like, you have Christian Wood, you have Dorian Finney Smith. It's like, are you going to get another big unless you trade Christian Wood? I don't think unless you trade Christian Wood. And I like the white pal. I like the white pal. So it's like, you know, and then you have Cleaver has to get minutes when he comes back. So I don't know. When he comes back. I don't know. They need another secondary, secondary, uh, score. They need a co-star, a legit co-star for Luca, but we'll see. All right. NBA trade deadline a week from today. Um, we'll be doing something after the trade deadline to break all this down. That's for sure. I don't know what we'll be doing. Some kind of NBA exchange, ain't hard to tell podcast special, probably around this time next Thursday. Uh, we'll be doing something on that. Uh, that is it for this episode 233 of the ain't hard to tell podcast. He is Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. Knicks versus heat tonight. Should be a good, should be a good one. Brian's team he tries to act like it's not his team, but they are going to lose. Uh, we are aware they are going to lose this one. Go team next. They need. They've lost the first two games in this homestand. Uh, they need to uh, get get the ship righted, man. They need they need to get the ship righted against the Lakers. We will see what they can what they can do. Excuse me. First game in the homestand. They've only played one. They haven't, they haven't lost two yet. First game in the homestand. They lost. So we'll see what they can do. All right. That's it. Until next time, y'all guys. Peace. Happy Black History Month. Blackity blackity black, y'all. Blackity, blackity.